What's happening, weirdos? Oh, oh very, very subtle. Quiet. I was going to say... Uh, we're in a very small space. We're in a very small space. And Leela just went down. Like, Pete just came out of the room. Uh, to check After it. you were with her for a very long time, but thank you for the credit. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It takes an hour. We split it into 30-minute shifts. Um, but we did this today. Not We didn't have a date today. Mm-hmm. We did this during her nap today, and now we're doing the intro while she's asleep. Yeah. It's, it's been a different rhythm. That's right. But it was awesome. She napped just long enough for us to do, almost, I think, two hours. Yeah. Almost. And it felt it felt like a date. It was really special. We both really loved it, and we hope you guys like it, too. Sorry we're being quiet. Yeah. We just don't want to wake the baby. Don't wake the baby. But I actually think that this is a nice... Uh, this is a nice way to talk for both of us. Yeah, this is very new for me. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Lila, this is brought to us by our friends at Hello Bello, who have saved our butts oh many, many times. Yes. Hello Bello, for those of you that don't know, uh, it's a company co-founded by Kristen Bell and our friend Dax Shepard. Not that Kristen Bell isn't our friend, but... We just have never met her. <laughs> just, but we love Dax and know Dax. And uh, we'd love to know Chris. Okay, well, we just make <laughs> just about that. Just us trying to be friends with them. Hello Bella will deliver diapers automatically to your door. Obviously, having diapers is super, super important. I love this. Yes, I love this so much. I would, my only regret is that I didn't discover this earlier in our parenting. Um, because if you are a parent, you definitely can relate to like your baby's on the changing table. There's poop everywhere. They're kicking. You go to reach for a diaper and there are no more diapers because on top of having to remember everything that comes with remembering or with being a parent, you forgot to, um, remember to buy diapers. Thanks for saying you, the the (laughs) neutral you, often me, we would just forget. I mean, you're losing your mind. You're not sleeping enough. You're not eating enough. It's, it's a crazy time. We talk about it in this episode. Yeah. You know, you need diapers. Yeah. So you set up with Hello Bello and they make sure you're always good. Every bundle comes with seven packs of diapers, four packs of great Great, great plant-based wipes, and even one full-size product freebie with your first order. Getting premium baby products at affordable prices. It doesn't have to be between quality and budget anymore. 20 different fun rotating designs. And it's so fun because you get to go online and you pick the patterns that you want. And they're like, they're super cute to choose from. And I always get excited when, when the Hello Bello box And now that Leela's getting a little bit older, she picks the ones that she likes. So now we know the diapers that she likes, which is extra fun. So it's hellobello.com slash weird. As we always say, this is a free show. It means so much that you guys want to support it. So we uh, love having these picks that can, are things that people need. So if you need diapers and you like the show, uh, this is a great thing. Go to hellobello.com slash weird and get super absorbent, super affordable diapers delivered right to your door. Why don't you say it the last time? Oh, I didn't even say it. It's 25% off. That's what it is. Hellobello.com slash weird. 25% off your diaper bundle order. Huge bang for your buck. I just want to add that they also have a lot of other great things that you can add to your bundle, like vitamins, um, for you, vitamins for your kids. They they have um, like hand sanitizer and go, like diaper rash stuff and just a lot of really great goodies. So again, that's hellobello.com slash weird for 25% off. 
I can't recommend this enough. It's really saved us. And it's like a nice way to prevent a fight with your spouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's their official slogan. Hello, Bello. A good way to prevent a fight with your spouse. That's right. And save yourself from a blowout, which those are nasty. Yeah. Uh, actually, they're not. That, they look nasty. If it's your baby, it's not really that nasty. It's just really, really inconvenient. Gosh. I don't want Leela to hear this when she's older. <laughs> we love your I poop, think, baby. <laughs> I, I don't mind. I walk to poop proudly from a potty from there to there and uh, flushed it and I didn't even mind. Yeah. What have I become? I've become a dad. Okay. Also, our newest Pete's Pick is paired with our oldest Pete's Pick. Mm-hmm. This is also brought to us by our friends at onit.com slash weird. Get yourself some alpha brain. You guys know this. You've heard me say it a million times, but I sincerely mean it for the past four, five, six even years. I haven't done well, wait, since the podcast, it's longer than six years. Mm. I haven't done a podcast. I haven't written a script. I haven't done stand-up. I haven't been a guest on a podcast. I haven't even I haven't even ever gone out to dinner with you, Val, without taking a couple Alpha Brain beforehand. It's a nootropic. It's earth-grown ingredients. It's not a stimulant. It helps with clarity, focus, recall, concentration. I wish I had it in college. I'm mm-hmm. so glad I have it now. I use my brain way more now than I did in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, like I said, it's not a stimulant. It doesn't keep you up like coffee, but you absolutely feel the difference. If you take a couple alpha brain 15, 20 minutes before you're about to do something, you feel it kick in and your brain just has the food that it needs to function at its highest. So I swear by it. I always have it in my carry-on. I have it in the car. I have it in my pocket and most of my jackets. My mom asked for some. I recently, recently bought some for your mom <laughs> with this promo code on it.com slash weird gets you 10% off. Uh, the whole writing staff for crashing. I always was giving it to them and a, and a lot of them became lifelong, uh, believers. Mm-hmm. I love it. If you use your brain, did you drop your ring? Yeah. My other ring. Remember yeah, the engagement ring is lost in the car and now <laughs> from the you're first, trying to get rid of that one. From the first episode of this podcast, I think is That's, when I dropped it in the oh, yeah. crack of the car and I can't get it. This one isn't recorded in the car. It's recorded on the porch. So it's really beautiful. Yeah. I hope you guys like it. Yeah. Um, so on it.com slash weird 10% off. Get yourself some alpha brain. Thank you on it. And thank you. Hello, Bello. Hello, Bello.com slash weird for 25% off diapers for all the parents out there. One of whom we answer your question in this episode. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we're going to go out with, um, we have a f- oh, yes. something that a fan sent Valerie, which I thought was really cool. Uh, yeah. So we got tagged in this, um, from Naomi Shore music. Um, I'm guessing her name is Naomi Shore, but her handle is Naomi, Naomi Shore music. Yeah. I don't think her name is <laughs> Shore music. She married a guy named music. Or she has her own last name, name music. Yeah, but usually people with two names, like Cheney Holmes, oh, sure, sure, sure. involve. Could, oh, or maybe, maybe she married a woman with the last name music. Does that improve it? I didn't mean to be so <laughs> obtuse. Okay, I'm sorry, Naomi. Um, anyway, this was really beautiful. She she tagged us and said thank you to Valerie Cheney and Pete Holmes for rem- uh, something about for reminding me of this song or um it's my favorite jimmy world song yeah inspiring me to learn this song and i thought this version was just so beautiful that we would share a little bit of it we'll so just play it out as we go into the episode here yeah are we gonna say get into yeah. it now get, get into, into it. it here's naomi shore Everything will be all right, all right. It just takes some time. We're in 
That's not what you say. You don't say what's happening, weirdos. You keep thinking that's how we start this, and it's not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just pointed to me, and then I said an awkward Hit it. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm here to say <laughs> I am Valerie, and here we are. That was every rap in the 90s. Yeah, except for it rhymed. It was always I'm here to say. That's every white person rapping in the 90s. <laughs> or every dad imitating rap in the 90s on a sitcom. So not in reality. Yes. It would be like Homer Simpson does it. My name is Homer and I'm here to say something like that. I wonder who the first person to be here to say that was. It had to be a real one. There there has to be some humiliated (laughs) hip-hop legend that's like, yes, I'm the here to say guy. Like, Maybe he's not humiliated, but we took what they did and ruined it. Yes. There's a Fruity Pebbles commercial. I, I wanted to do that on stage where it was like, I, I have songs from Hamilton in my head, mm-hmm. but I don't know the lyrics to the verses, so I just do raps I know. Yeah. And then it's just like, I'm not going to throw away my shot. I'm not throwing <laughs> away my shot. I'm the master rapper and I'm here to say I love my Fruity Pebbles in a major way. <laughs> the bedrock, yellow, orange, purple, lemon, red, but to get the fruity taste, I got to trick Fred and I'm not going to oh. rain my... Did I already do that on this podcast? I don't think so. Seems like something I would have... I love it. Well, if you hear birds a tweeting, this is a special edition. This is a special down-home country, Ooh. hand-churned. Oh, you know I hand-churn it. <laughs> <laughs> you know I hand-churn it. Uh, we're outside because this is not the evening. Our wonderful... I always feel weird calling someone a babysitter. No, she is a nanny. It's so funny also, because... I feel weird calling someone a nanny. I feel weirder about a nanny because I have some guilt around having a nanny, which, by the way, if any of you have guilt around having a nanny, it's so easy for me to say to somebody else, like, no, it takes a village and you shouldn't feel guilty about that. But I have guilt about me having one. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I didn't know that. I just... I always feel weird about... Um, employing people. Ah, yeah. Like even on Crashing, the writers were all comedians, and and I felt so much guilt yeah. that I was making them show up somewhere. Yes, and I was I like, think... I know you'd be eating cinnamon toast crunch. What were you saying? Sorry. No, I definitely. We both have that. Like and, ha- house cleaners are very awkward about. Uh... And I mean, overpaid and over tipped, and every. I, I'm only saying that to hopefully other people will do that. That's a nice thing to do if you're able to do it. But the guilt is still there, even though yeah. whenever I run into them, yeah. they have to know. It's like it's, it's good to clean if he's home. <laughs> because if, if they see me, like I have to, to assuage my own guilt and show gratitude. But, by um, tipping. By tipping. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Yeah. By tipping. But that is, you know, I, I wanted to mention, well, a couple things. One, we're outside mm-hmm. because we don't have our nanny. So and Leela's napping. Leela's going to wake up at some point, and that will be the end of the podcast. So we don't know how long we have. Yes. We'll, get, we'll come back to that. I wanted to mention, we have a couple things we wanted to mention, because now that we've been doing this, now during the week we'll have things where we're like, oh, let's, let's try to remember that. Yeah. I wanted to try to remember that I was a little bit depressed this week. Yeah. Because so much of this is, uh, you know, I love talking with you and, and I love interviewing the guests on Wednesday. So it's like my uptime, mm-hmm. but just to give some solidarity to other people I know. Uh, and, and the reason it came to mind was 
when I'm depressed, the thought of paying someone to do something is the most depressing thing in the world to me. Oh, interesting. It, it bothers me. Mortality becomes very bleak. It's not just like, oh, you're a wave going back into the ocean. I'm just like, it's very like everyone... I said it to you. I was like, everyone's just falling through a bottomless pit. Yes. Like, and But there is a bottom. The bottom is death. But we're all falling. And then to make it better... We all like eat sandwiches and like watch movies, but we're all falling in a pit and you could hit the ground at any moment. That is There's so, that bird. <laughs> there is that is so That's not how I feel right now. Just I'm just yeah, go ahead, baby. Sorry. That's so clearly the voice of depression because that's exactly what I say when I'm feeling depressed is some version of that. Yeah. And I'll even I, I would say it's the voice of depression, it's the vo- voice of your pain body. Potentially. Pain body. Pain body. Get ready to hear me Put talk. on a khaki oh. vest and talk about the... We love Eckhart Tolle. That is I, not a roast. I am so... I never was off of Eckhart Tolle, but I am, I'm like so back in. And every time I go back in, I'm like, this is 100% my jam. Yeah. I can endorse this. And you were saying just today, it's a shame that neither of us thought of it, that the, the we made it weird long, so nine week long kind of discussion we've been having about like does suffering exist in the mind or is it in stored in the body yeah why don't you tell yeah tell the people so the people you probably have heard me like struggling with clearly i have uh i i have such a profound connection to trauma work through the body and using your body as your guide to um healing trauma so that the inherent belief kind of behind that is that our Body stores trauma in our. You should always do it outside. I am loving this. The wisping, the wisping wind. I hope. It may, it, I, I should hope like, everyone likes it. That yeah. seems like they would like it. You're talking about this profound thing. And there's just like the impossible symphony of slightly dried oak leaves. Yeah, and I also just feel like more grounded and more awake and alive being out here. Yeah, it's nice. Um, Sorry. So no. So pain body. Yeah. So the the belief behind that is that you know trauma is stored in your your cells and your fascia. Um, it's stored in your body, and so your body has these reactions to things that are kind of not necessarily fueled by thought. Um, and so I've been having a hard time reconciling that with. With not just Byron Katie, but like with kind of all of the spiritual teachers. It's like it, that I feel like that is our not predicament, that's our situation as human beings is that we are made of earth and spirit. And like right. it's kind of uh, finding the balance or integrating those things. And the Buddhists are very quick to go, the body is a dream, mm-hmm. the dreamer is a dream. So really, it's it's all created in mind, mm-hmm. in, and including your suffering, including even the. So so there isn't a lot of anchoring into the body. But then there's Eckhart Tolle, who we know loves Byron Katie because he endorses her books. Yeah, and I don't know if that goes both ways, but he his quotes are on her books and stuff. Yeah, and who who is very aligned with Buddhism in a lot of ways for as sure. Well. I think for sure, and and he here he is coming in, and we. We're really just remembering that he's saying that we have that we store pain in our bodies, in our in our cells. Yeah. And and then he even has the idea of the collective pain body. He's like countries have pain bodies. Yeah. He, somebody asked if I, one of the questions I saw was, "Will you ever go to Lithuania?" 
and I don't want to, maybe it's not this way, but Eckhart says that a lot of like Eastern European countries have large collective pain bodies. Um, not Lithuania wasn't invaded in like a barbarian sense, but it was, you know, taken over. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that's, I'm trying to be polite, uh, to history. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like Poland was invaded. Oh yeah. Lithuania was overtaken. I don't really know what the distinction is. Even our Croatian friend, sorry to interrupt, just to confirm what you're saying. The, uh, our Croatian friend who is into Eckhart Tolle, is very into the collective pain body of yeah. Croatia, and and she that that speaks true to her he experience. Was, and he, his point is that like even areas that have been invaded seem to carry that in their cells. Yeah, and we see evidence of this in in science as well. The yeah. rats um, that are abused, and then like three generations later, of course, I'm paraphrasing, still have the same triggers yeah. as the rats. So that brings in the, the body stuff that you were saying. That's right. It's, it really is kind of the spiritual, uh, and not even necessarily, but it ties in the spiritual with what we know about epigenetics. Cause that could be understood as the collective pain body yeah. is, is inherited, uh, trauma and then, you know, his explanation of the pain body is that every thought has an energy and and every emotion has an energy. And, of course, you don't have to be, as he would say, super sensitive to, <laughs> <laughs> to feel that your emotions are an energy and have an energy. Yeah. And then when you Which are, is so perfectly evidenced by your Kim Ang thing where it's like think of a person that's problematic to you and then you start feeling the emotion and all that happened was the thought of the person. Yeah. And that you're doing it. You create it and it's inside of you and it's a and it's a frequency that takes over your whole body. That's right. Yeah. So so that energy is I'll use his terms, but it really is explaining what we know about trauma too. So the the energy of that emotion, if it ha- wasn't fully felt, and he, I think he even says like named, mm. which is why with Leela, it's so important to be like, you're sad. Yes, you're really sad. And he has children paint their pain bodies. Yeah. So you can see what it looks like. So you know, you just, it's a way of getting some distance between you and this like, inciting agent inside of you. It, it, it gets a little bit, in our Christian way, it gets a little bit close to like feeling like a demon or something. Uh, yeah. But when you say something to me and I'm overreact, I overreact, yeah. that's how you know it's your, what Eckhart Tolle calls the pain body. That's right. Yeah. So we're jumping around a little bit, but like the, the premise of the idea is that, that it, when a feeling isn't fully felt, that energy has nowhere to go. And especially if the times that you've been in your, your, sorry, your sympathetic nervous system, if you think about biologically what's happening there, you are the mechanism that's, that was used to help you run from wolves and tigers, uh, is being triggered. So you have adrenaline in your body and you have all of these things, but there's actually no, um, outlet for it because you aren't running and you aren't right, reacting in right. the way. So that just gets stored and what he says is, is becomes toxic in your body. And then the all of the energy um, of every incomplete feeling kind of stores and becomes the pain body, which he calls a semi-autonomous um, being 
or a, you, yeah, it I sometimes think he does overtake the host. We that know does. we know people in our lives where it's like they've just become their pain body, right? And that's so the possession idea really is as simple as how you can be possessed by a thought. Too, it's oh, just yeah. it's when not, you. It's not actually spiritual. It's it's just like a a, a series a, a web of thoughts takes control. <laughs> yes, and he would. Yes, and he would say the pain body is not the problem. The pain body is only a problem when you have identified with it. Right. Um, and the the tricky thing – so that's the possession. Is It's just when you believe that that is you. And it's very convincing because the pain body and the ego kind of have uh, the same – or a mutual goal, which is the pain body just like any being needs to – um, feed. I mean, this is where you get in language that might be problematic for people. I would go people, on walks but... and listen to this chapter of The Power of Now, by the way. It's also in the New Earth. And it would freak me out and I'd turn it off. Because really? it would be like, there's a part of you. It's like this German voice going, there's a part of you that wants to feed. <laughs> yes. But, but I have family members where they'll incite a fight and afterwards the word feed makes so much sense because it's like you gave them a cigarette. It's like you gave them a glass of wine. Yes. Or it's like you gave them, in our case, a big old pizza. Yes. They got what they needed. They wanted blood. Yeah. They, and then afterwards they calmed down. That's right. Well, it just wants to reinforce its existence. So like any being, its only interest is survival. So that's wow. true of your ego. That is that's so cool. true of your pain body. So yeah. that's what we mean by feed. It's not like it's not even like it's this monster. It's just that there is a an accumulation of a certain frequency and this is really cool. I just heard listen to it. So this is all it's in the power of now, and but the most extensive covering of it is in his book. Uh, For even and- more extensive coverage <laughs> on the pain body, check out Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth. This <laughs> <laughs> audio book. Okay. Zipper cooter. Zipper cooter. Zipper cooter. Um, so, yeah, so it. This is what's really interesting is is the whole idea of the frequency of energy because all of these words – I was actually listening to it this morning being like, how would I explain this to my mother? Because I think that anybody can get on board with this concept, but the vocabulary terms can be kind of off-putting. Um, yeah. So – but I'm going to just use them and I'll explain. The it's th- like explaining TM to my mom, but dropping all the Sanskrit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, and then you say Jesus over and over. And That's like, great. Yeah. <laughs> Yahweh, it sounds like a, you know. Yeah. Well, why is ancient Hebrew? Well, I mean, better or worse. It's silly. Um, so, yeah. So, the if you th- think right now, if you think a negative thought... You can feel what that feels like. And then if you think of a positive thought, just like love, gratitude. This is so Katie, by the way. You can feel the difference of energy. That's That's right. That's all we're talking about with frequency. With Katie, the work, you say, how do you react when you believe that? So this is not an elephant in the room, but we were going to start at one and then then Val's meditation class went till 120. And I, when I'm doing this, I go, think of a negative thought. Val said we were going to start at one. I kind of had a feeling that you wouldn't because I know you and and we're best friends. But like, and sorry, I just have to love you here. It's like, if I went long, you wouldn't have even mentioned it. So I just want to 
honor well, that that's and sweet, but call that out. But you, you could tell I was a little bit um, that I was waiting. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get to that place. I, 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 I calmed down and I was just like, what is the issue? It's fine. Everything's fine. And to your credit, I'm going to interrupt just for just to love you for sure. Um, we are on a limited amount of time because, because Leela was asleep. So it's well, like, that's what the brain starts doing. Time. It goes like, this is your favorite thing. Uh, now that we've, we're up and running, we've like committed to do, we never committed to do it, but like, <laughs> it's a thing and we like it. Right. Yeah. So we're doing it. Yes. And I like doing it. And then there is that, we've talked about this many times, the baby part of me that's like, oh, I want to be your number one boy. And I know I am. <laughs> yes. But in that foggy, and that is what it feels like, it starts to feel like a fog rolls in. Mm. Whereas to me, love is always, as Richie says, it feels like a panoramic. It's like your vision widens when you're loving. Mm-hmm. I know it could, that seems sort of counterintuitive because you think you'd be in love with somebody and you'd only be focusing on their eyes. But when you're, let's say, when you're not with them and you're just filled with that love, mm. you see the whole world. I mean, isn't mm. that... Um, 500 Days of Summer where he's walking down the street and yeah. what I want will stop. That's a person that's in love and they're seeing their reflection in a car window mm. and it's on solo. But I mean like even stopping to look at your reflection and is the panorama of the contemplative mind and also the in love mind. Yeah. So when I start to go, Val should have, whatever, Yeah. I'm, I'm just a little embarrassed, but I, no, I, it's that a- it bothered me is embarrassing because I'm not bothered right now. Yeah. But sure. going back, I'm like, meh. I, I actually said out loud, if I'm being honest, I went, this is why you don't do things with people. Oh, that's, that's my story wow. is, is people are unreliable. People will let you down. It's why I love stand up over mm-hmm. improv. It's why I love, uh, not having a co-host on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And then you go like, you can count on Katie, Katie Levine. Because you pay her. It's, mm. it's sort of like a dark story. Ah, yeah. it, it's, I've mentioned it many times, but Dr. Strange says, I know, Dr. Strange says to Iron Man, I'm, I'm pretty sure, and it's a great moment for me, he goes like, um, I have, he says something along the lines to Tony Stark. He's like, I have friends who don't work for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is the burn of the three, mm. of the achiever. It's like, he, he sometimes feels like if he wasn't paying people, no one would come around. And isn't that the sound of my sadness? As I sometimes say to you, I get the feeling if I didn't text this friend or this friend or this friend, they'd just let it die. It's all... Like, it's just up to me. I just have to say, hey, what's up? What did you think of SNL? Like, it's just up to me to do that. But if, if I don't, they seem to be fine without me. <laughs> it's funny, but it's sad. So I said, this is why you don't do things. By, again, this is the embarrassment, but that's how I felt. So when you say... What were you going to say, by the way? Uh, I was just going to say, I, I think all of this is really good. I, I, uh, but, I got all worked up. But it all gets, <laughs> it all goes back to that core belief that we've mentioned so much on this podcast that you uncovered with Katie, which is what you already said, which is people, I, I can't trust people. They will always let me down. People are unsafe. Uh, and so that's what Katie would call the, the belief behind it. And I would say that that is a story of your pain body just to integrate. the. So Katie would say, Katie says, if you feel something in your body, give it a voice. Mm. This is bridging the two. Mm -hmm. And, and then say, if you have a headache, if you have a feeling in your stomach for me, I, I, I always feel tension in the, in the right side of my stomach for some reason. I've actually had it ultrasounded a couple times because mm-hmm. I was like, what's going on? Because it feels so strong, mm. uh, totally clear. 
Um, but she says, what does it feel like when I believe, um, I, I guess it would have been Val isn't, isn't keeping her word. I never mm-hmm. thought that verbatim, I understand. but it's like Val yeah. isn't keeping her word or worse. People are not safe. You can't trust people. Mm-hmm. This is why just do stand up. My opener, Lara bites, great friend, but I'm like, that's a good relationship. You're my opener, so the dynamic is 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 calm for me. Like you like a clear, you like clear roles in a relationship to make yourself feel safe, is right, that right? Which actually yeah. goes totally against what we opened with, which was me saying I'm uncomfortable paying people. But then, like, there's a part yeah. of me that's like, I like this relationship. Um, there's like a Lara needs no mentor, but there's like sort of like a longer stand-up and a newer stand-up, just like Gaffigan was for me and Bill Burr was for me. I mm-hmm. get that relationship, and, mm-hmm. and because there's a job attached to it, it feels safer. You're not going to fuck off on your job, yeah. especially your dream job. So I'm like, she'll be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. By the way, Lara, if you hear this, she's one of the few people that if I was like, meet me for lunch and. Venice, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm confident she would be there. She's a good friend. Yeah. But I have that feeling. And then this is going back to what you were walking us through. It feels like a fog. It feels like tension. It feels like concrete. Like I just start start to concretize one of my favorite verbs. Mm. And then what Eki says is think of something positive. What Katie says is what would you feel if you didn't believe it? And then even more extreme, what if you believe the opposite? Mm -hmm. People are reliable. Mm -hmm. Here you are proving that people are reliable, not not just because you're doing this podcast, but what what are you, nuts? Yeah. Val is there for you constantly. And then 20 minutes? Mm -hmm. I just love these conversations because it points out, and awareness is so key to, to growing and accepting ourselves. And is is like 20 minutes mm-hmm. was all it took. The same boy who last night was sitting with you on the couch and we're eating a dinner that you made mm-hmm. uh, and I'm snuggling up on you and just saying, I, I need you so much. Like, I don't mind if that sounds codependent. Like, I need you so much. And then 20 minutes. <laughs> tw- this is the comedy of self-exploration. Yes. And the opposite of it, Val does support me. People do support me. People text me. Yeah. It's just a bad story. Yeah. And then you go, what does that feel like? And then what are the examples? And, and it feels like sunlight on the inside. Please mm-hmm. keep going. I'm sorry. I went on a tangent. Oh, my gosh. Please. I love that. That that's. I, I feel like that's so valuable. And if you catch me like one, like wanting to chime in, it's just because I'm in so, so much agreement with you about this. Um, and... I think it's really, <laughs> it's so aligned. I'm really happy that it's so aligned with what I am was refreshed on about Eki Tolls. So what I wanted to say was two things: the the like thinking positive and thinking negative. The, that is just an exercise to help you understand that those things have different frequencies. So that you understand that the pain body is going to try and find external circumstances that will resonate with that uh, frequency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's it's not feeding. it's not um Eckhart Tolle doesn't say, so then think something positive. Like that's, I feel like there are things that are like that. That's not what this is. That's not like, so when you're thinking negative, just change your thinking around. Cause that's, I don't really think that that's so, that's always so helpful. Um, so the pain body. Well, it reminds me of Ramdas when someone's mourning, he would always be like, go mourn some more. Yeah. Feel your feelings. In fact, I would say that the pain body concept is 
pointing to the opposite of that, where it's like, if you are feeling deep grief and you're like, um, no, I'm just going to think positive, then that grief is an incomplete feeling and that's going to be stored in your body. And right. that's which now we're in that Jack Cornfield place of giving it space and just letting, letting it, expand it expand and expand and expand. What are you afraid of? Katie also says, play it out. She doesn't say it in play it out. She goes, what's the worst case scenario? So you're feeling anxiety for me. Like that was a big thing. It still is from time to time. Yeah. Just let it expand. Give it, give it the keys and go, go ahead. Yeah. You know? So if we can use that, the example of this, um, because you did a great job explaining like how the Katie way, the work way of dealing with this feeling that you were having would go. So here's the pain body way of understanding that. That is, again, the core feeling of people are not safe is direct is di- the story of your pain body. So you had experiences in your childhood um, or even in your adulthood of incomplete feelings around the idea of people are unsafe. Mm-hmm. And, and though the um, energy of those feelings have become stored in your body. So. When you get the frequency of of I'm being ignored, I'm not being there's that's nobody. the overreaction. Yeah, that's so why I'm laughing. That's, that is 20 minutes. So like clearly, my parents. I love my parents. We're actually in a wonderful place. I would say this if I was if they were here. But my child brain built a story based on evidence. Yeah, I'm not saying he didn't have some evidence mm-hmm. that it was probably best summer vacation. Don't go to camp. I did eventually, but like, don't get a, a, a summertime job. Just stay home and do nothing. Like, be a house cat, as I say in my book. Just be as small and as little and as quiet as possible, believe it or not, because mm-hmm. people are unsafe and they'll let you down. And I got that from watching my parents have no friends, and mm-hmm. I'll attest that they still to this day <laughs> appear to have no friends. <laughs> yeah. Keep going, my love. Pardon me. Uh, so. So your pain body, the the frequency of the energy of your pain body is looking to recharge. Let's use that word instead of feed uh, to recharge by finding situations that have the same frequency. So the the feeling of Val is unreliable, like was like mm, like a tasty treat that's right. to your pain body. It's like putting a drop of blood in shark infested water. That's right. So then your your the shark of your pain body it, temporarily oh. possessed you. So I want to be clear that it is there are people who are maybe they he would say they have denser pain bodies. And in that case they might is be this a fat joke? <laughs> <laughs> they might be yeah what about those of us who just have denser body bodies? <laughs> I don't uh, have advice for you. <laughs> but they might be overtaken by their pain body seventy five percent of the time, ninety five percent, a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. But all of us who who have not yet identified the pain body when when they see it do get temporarily possessed by your pain body. And that's the, to the pain. So that part of you that like feels like it's delicious to be wronged. That, that's what it is. It, it looks like a, a Disney character or I always go to the big mouth monsters. It doesn't fit because it's not a hormone monster, but the voice is like a little monster that's inside of you. Yeah. I know this guy. Oh yeah. And he goes, see, 
<laughs> I told you it's just it's Birdman. It's Bird. It's Birdman. It's Birdman. It's the angel and the devil on the shoulder. Like there, there are so many. This is clearly a human experience because there are so many examples of it in art. Mine was also. I know Bagger Vance is sort of like a, a silly movie. I guess I think people Never laugh seen it. about the legend of Bagger Vance. But I've referenced it. There's there's scenes in Gigli that I go back to because I'm like, that <laughs> filled a gap in me. So even art that might not be fully successful can mm-hmm. sometimes minister to us. Mm. And when Matt Damon is in a bar, he's retired from playing golf, and he's just getting drunk at, he, and smoking and playing cards and throwing away his potential, and he's just talking about how everyone is wrong and everything is unfair. Yeah, I was like, that's another one of those external manifestations of what I think a lot of us have. Yeah. So again, this podcast proves over and over, which I think is one of the big messages we're trying to get out there. Like when Katie did my podcast, I was late. That ended up being this wonderful jumping off point. Mm -hmm. Here we started a little bit late and it's this wonderful jumping off point to Mm. what we wanted to talk about anyway, Mm. because this tiny thing that in the clarity of this moment, I can say, was not a big deal. And by the way, it was only a, like a two out of a hundred. It was small. Yes. But it was enough to be like, what is going on here? It was blood in the water. Yeah. And the voice comes in and he goes, I'm telling you, you should just, there will be blood. Daniel yeah. planned you. You should get all the money you can, get a house that's way too big for you with a bowling alley mm-hmm. and eat steak in it and just be alone and miserable. Mm-hmm. People are unsafe. Love is unsafe. Connection is unsafe. Even somebody... I, I feel so fulfilled with a lot of love and connection mm-hmm. and a lot of friends, I suppose, too. I can still go like, yeah, but where I really belong is in the shadows of my own bowling alley. <laughs> 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 and when you are 20 minutes late because you're leading, I can hear you leading. And again, I was not fuming, <laughs> but I heard you leading a meditation. You're 20 minutes late. And I just go, that's it. Time to look on dark web Zillow. <laughs> <laughs> Not, you have to look for like peaks of mountains and stuff and and go on Zillow and see if there's anything in Transylvania. Oh my gosh. Well, I just want to say that this is the you said that this is a small, a two out of a hundred or whatever. And I want to say that it is small because your reaction to it was you had the pl- the pain body flare up or the unconscious belief to use Katie's terms. I was like plain body, like plain plain view, my plain, plain body. body. <laughs> yeah. I have a plain body. I have a dense body. <laughs> <laughs> um, but your the way that you reacted, which is how you always react, which I would say this is how I react to. I don't know why I have to compliment myself here, but why not? Um, oh, this is a compliment. Yeah, you always can't wait. You, so, Slow down. So you have the flare up, yes. and you didn't get possessed by your pain body because you took it as a cue of unconsciousness. Yeah. So you took it as as like a signal to instead of pointing it and like breathing it like fire out at me, you used it as an opportunity to go inward and be like, "Hmm, what is that? What's this?" Where is this feeling coming from? Right. Well, that is the great – why why spirituality, right? It's like such a, such a mired lake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's people murdered and there's things oppressed and people enslaved. Just horrible stuff has been done with religion. Yeah. But like to me, the game or the practice of using everything as a cue – 
to try to go back to your center, which is always perfect, timeless, unborn, limitless, undamaged, and totally fine. As we said on last week, I believe, the thought that kicks you out of heaven is, boy, a a pillow would be nice under this chair right now. (laughs) And I I just left. I just left heaven like it was fine just a moment ago. But, um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. It doesn't matter. Um, So I just wanted to say that you... What you did by doing that to stay with the pain body thing is you protected m- me from your pain body, which means that your pain body could have activated my pain body. In that situation, Eckhart Tolle would say your pain body was actually looking and wanted to feed off of my pain body. Right. And he always says that like loved ones um, and family members – are pain bodies favorites because they that's right they like can really f- get a lot of energy from that and so if you had if you had been like even one comment of from speaking from the pain body being like okay what happened to one i thought there was whatever my pain body i i know would go Oh, see that he doesn't respect what you do. He didn't pay attention to the fact that you cut the mindfulness. And I even gave you one. If he had gone 20 minutes late, would I have even been, would I have had enough leverage in this relationship to complain the way he's complaining? Right. I, obviously you do, but I feel like that's the story that that could easily be told. Sure. I also want to say if my mom can't get me, if she can't get the real me, she'll take my pain. She'll settle for my pain body. Oh, that's right. And pain bodies work that way. They actually She'll pain- try for me first, but if she can't, she'll she'll start making fun of like who's feeding Brody or whatever and she knows I hate that. Her pain body would rather have you be upset That's and right. have your pain body rather than, than ignore than nothing at all. Yeah. yeah. You can't ignore my mom. And by the way, I, this sounds like I just want to be careful. I understand. Yeah. There was a time in particular where like I just I I'll be very polite to my mom. Mm. That's right. Hello. Yes. And she, she just won't have it. it. She'll she'll take out her little psychological knife. By the way, I get it. To get me to act real. That's right. It sounds like she's doing something great. She's not. It's not great, no. but I understand it. Yeah. I actually have had a lot of anger around that specific thing that she will do to you. Um, and this is the first time that I'm like, you know, if you're looking for the positive thing, that's, that's she it. knows you well enough to know when you're being inauthentic. She is energetically connected to you enough to not want to settle for anything than like something real. And a lot of, she can't, she won't be placated, that's you right. know, like there, she won't play things. house. Yeah. It's similar. I don't know their marriage that well, but I think it might be that way in their marriage. It's like, if we're not going to this, then we'll at least have a real that. Yeah. I, I can't speak to it. Yeah. It's interesting. But th- I remembered what I was going to say, which was why spirituality. So you're right. I did take it as a cue to go like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. We said it on the show many times, but it's like I try to hold the mantra, this is it. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. When you start feeling angry, 
you actually kind of get excited, like it's another pitch over the plate, like can you hit this one? Right. Not that it's about achieving, or you know, to be more zen about it, can you let this one go by without swinging at it? Yeah. The zen, the zen baseball player just gets struck out or walked every time. Like he never. <laughs> He's just doing a walking meditation to first base. <laughs> <laughs> the slowest walk. Well, when you walk this guy, I mean, you really walked him. Usually, it's a jog at least. Um, but I. I wrote that thing for my new new book that I'm working on, and it was about the the divine looks like my two year old daughter trying to close my laptop mm-hmm. when I'm writing an email. Yeah, and it's the same thing. I was trying to write a business email, mm-hmm. and in this, so in the angry version, I wanted to start at one o'clock, mm-hmm. and in the uh, sort of. Um, put out version, like annoyed or like, uh, you know, you're just, I, I just need to focus. It's not, you're not angry, but you're just like, hey, give me a second. Yeah. I have to write this email. And that to me is what the divine is like, or the mystery is like, or truth is like. Mm-hmm. It's like a pudgy two-year-old's hand trying to close your laptop mm-hmm. while you're writing a business email. Mm-hmm. And that really brought to light of course, I'm a softie with Lee, and I let her close it once I remembered to remember. Yeah. At first, I was trying to move it away. Then I was like, wait, if she closes it, the email's not going to vanish. So I mm-hmm. let her have the satisfaction of closing it. We chased her. We played. And that's the invitation from Capital R Reality. Yeah. It's like, can we, outside, it's even easier, hear the birds, hear the, I mean, listen. That's the pudgy hand on the laptop. Yeah. And it's just going, it's always there. It can't go anywhere. I know you're so beautiful and (laughs) open-hearted. It can't go anywhere. So let her close it. You're still going to write the email. That's doing it, but not being attached to doing it. That's right. That's doing it, but no one's doing anything. The email still got sent. And it got sent two minutes? Is it two minutes <laughs> it wasn't even on a, I, I caught myself telling a story like I need to send this email and then I can have my day and there's little Buddha Leela mm. closing my laptop <laughs> and that's what a, a, a disruption is too yeah that's what if we're really in our right minds that's what a flat tire can be that's what uh, you being starting us a little bit later can be mm-hmm. so that's why spirituality it gives this it, that's what Ramdas means is grist for the mill. It's all whatever is happening in your life. You take it and you put it through the mill and you grind it up yeah. and grind it into yourself yeah. to become more conscious, more awake, more alive, juicier, sexier, colorfuller, more colorful. That's why. Yeah. It's the best. And, and it got ruined. It got turned into water cooler talk. Right. And, uh, you know, alter. Well, nothing wrong with an altar call, but I, I'm thinking of altar calls because. Gungis tweeted during the vice presidential debate last night. He was like, Mike Pence is using his altar call voice. And oh, I was like, he totally so is. That's it felt so very, funny. It felt very churchy. That was actually the moment that I that I told you was confusing for me because it was kind of sweet. 
you know, uh. that he was like Ruth Bader Ginsburg disagreed with this, uh, the other guy, but they were friends in real life. And I was like, that's kind of a sweet it's moment. So it's so conf- smart. It's, it is, but it's, it's manipulative too. Yeah. And I mean, you said your parents are like, you know, I don't want to say falling for that, but there's like, I don't a, know if they are, but I was like, I, I think my parents would like, I, I, this is such a cynical way of looking at it. Like maybe that was authentic, but I would think that I often I realized with politicians and I think there might be some connection here to being a pastor's kid. I'm I'm just going to lay that there. I'm not going to go deep into it. But like I know what you mean. That's a political position. And I always think of politicians in terms of advisors telling them what tactics to use. I want to have a moment of non-dual like, hey, that was just kind of a sweet thing that he said, and I don't have to be like, well, he's my enemy. But I'm also going, another Matt Damon movie. They have advisors telling them how, and so does Kamala, but I mean, like, how scuffed their shoes should be, and like, what to wear, and what to say, and, and what points to hit. And it's, so it's, it's not even the people. It, it's, it's, I mean, it is the people. It's also just politics. It's also church, which feels very churchy to us. Yeah. You know. Yeah. When I led Bible studies, I used to think it was hilarious that I'd get in my car and as soon as I was alone, I was like, get the fuck out of my car. Like, I mean, like, this was the guy that was riffing on Shine Jesus Shine, take, taking an eight bar solo on the bass. And then in the car, I'm calling somebody the R word because I'm from Boston and it was the 90s. Well, speaking of <laughs> speaking of um, altar calls, it is like a very um, church. Do you, are you familiar with the the term seeker sensitive? Oh Jesus, <laughs> my my asshole just tightened up so tight. So there, I mean, gosh, I I hate to like throw throw my brothers and sisters under the bus, but there really is this concept of like manipulation for what you believe is good. And yep. it go, they, I think they use that exact phrase in The Vow, by the way, which if you aren't watching The Vow, turn this podcast yeah. off. Yeah. Take it from Valerie, watch The Vow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, so, it, so if somebody feels justified in manipulating because they really believe that what they are trying to get people to do will help them, mm. then they will manipulate them. But it's also, I just watched my Scientology movie, mm. um, which is on Hulu, and it's really good. There are a lot of Scientology movies. This one is a little bit more lighthearted. Mm. If people out there are like, I can't take another Scientology doc, it has more humor to it. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely like the guy making it, whose name is Louis. Uh, He's clearly like a huge documentarian, and I'm a little embarrassed. I don't remember his last name. They make his head out of cake on the Great British Bake Off. That's right. That's how we knew he was huge. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They were like, why are they um, harassing former members at the airport? Like, why are they doing that? And it was, it was not, it doesn't justify it by any means, but it was interesting to have somebody on the inside going, they believe that what that person is doing is going to cause other people to basically not just hell, but like go into like it's going to destroy the world, the un. It's going to literally destroy the universe. Yeah. So again, no, thank you. Still, but I was like, oh, I, I get it. They're being told this is what's true. This is what's good. They're yeah. believing that this is what's good and this is what's true. Yeah. Harassing people and being absolute pieces of crap is, to somebody in an airport is not 
condonable, so yeah. please don't misunderstand me. Yeah. But when somebody is saying, let's be seeker sensitive, it has a similar – and the politic, it has a similar flavor. I'm not budging mm-hmm. from where I am, mm-hmm. but it's almost like a knife salesman. But I'm going to be like, look, I understand. You have your knives. <laughs> Where'd you get those? Brookstone? Those are pretty nice. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about a handle that's not mahogany. Have I told you about wood damage? I want to be seeker sensitive here. You know, like, I get it. Yeah. But you think your knives are the best. That's Everybody right. You, thinks their knives are the best. You think that you are, and not even that, like, you think that your knives are the only knives and your knives will keep somebody from burning in hell forever. <laughs> I had to drop the metaphor. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's just, it's like you said, it's not to justify it, but it is to help kind of understand where somebody is, is coming from. I always love a little bit of compassion, but, uh, but, but also, come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Sorry, I didn't mean to take us off to politics or anything no and then but i understand what you're saying the the church world can have a political bent to it where like regardless of what's going on in your life this is one of my first questions for rob was like what did you do rob bell when you were a pastor Mm -hmm. and you woke up that morning an atheist what do you do and the answer is you preach that fiery gospel Mm. you preach it like you do it you fake it and that's sort of what politics is i don't care what how committed of a politician you are. Mm. There were some days that Bernie was like, you know, you guys could have given more than $12.28. I could have used a little bit more help. Like, <laughs> go fuck yourself. I'm going to a casino and I'm going to play bridge. <laughs> Not at a table. I'm going to play in the elevator. I'm going to sit cross-legged, crisscross applesauce on the ground. I'm going to play one player bridge. It's not even a game. <laughs> Wait, will you... Wait, was that Bernie? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are you doing? Um, and if you don't want to do this, we'll edit it out. But will you do, Daddy? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Well, with Trump, I'm always, I'm always seeing... Maybe it's because I had a very powerful dad in real estate. Mm. And then there, there's the, there can be... Again, we have to call evil out when we see it. And you can go like, this is probably a guy that's doing a lot of what he does yeah. for his dad. So I did Trump the musical, and the first number was, Daddy, do you see me? Daddy, do you care? I have a billion dollars. I have such great hair. I'm going to build a wall, Dad. <laughs> Look at my hot wife. <laughs> I'm seeker sensitive, but I have the best knife. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. That was wow. Is that Colin Mockery and Ryan Styles? I'd have either of those guys on. They were great. Oh, my God. I loved whose line is it anyway. The best. I, that was the, like, the first show. I mean, that certainly was my introduction into improv, but like the first show that was like purely comedic that like my f- parents and I could enjoy. Watch together. Yeah. Totally. Oh. I remember going into our dial-up AOL, <laughs> Apple 2GS probably, and Googling Ryan Styles, like, what are you? Oh, my God. Like, I was like, yes. just like, what is your job? What is, yeah. <laughs> like, I wanted to be like, no, wait. no, no, wait. What do you do, I though? get that you play make-em-ups um, for fun in the evenings, but what do you do for money? <laughs> he was my first, because, look, he's a tall, goofy, yeah, white guy. That's it. So yeah. I saw myself in him. He also, I think, was, he, for my taste, he was the best. Colin Mockery is also 
maybe as I got older, I started to appreciate Colin more. Yes, see, when, but I, when I was a little boy, I was like, Ryan, look at the way you flail those limbs. I had the exact same experience because they were the, the two household favorites. That I was all about Ryan Styles and my parents were all about Colin. And then yeah, as Colin's I got older, the older people. he's because he's just like subtle. He's blur. subtle and there's a there's more of a weight to Colin. Mm-hmm, I'd love yeah. to Colin. You know how to reach me, baby. And Ryan Styles, we're not saying you're for kids. You're you're all no. Fine. He but there was a great quote where Ryan said, "I I wanted to do stand up because I found the answer." On AOL. <laughs> He's like, he wanted to do stand-up, but then, quote, everybody started doing it. Meaning it was the 80s. Oh. So he needed a way to, like, stand out, so he started doing improv. Wow, and that's then, interesting. And then, of course, uh, Wayne Brady, who I interviewed for the Pete Holmes show, get out of here. Yeah, fantastic. Free, really breathe new out. life into that show. If you watch him, what are we? We're just two <laughs> old people on a porch just talking about how great Wayne Brady is. And I have a feeling we're not the only ones. And talking about whose line is it anyway. I don't care. I know. I just miss I you. It. I love talking. This is the mm. longest we've talked in a while because can... we keep trying. I'm watching a, la- a hawk literally do lazy circles in the sky. Oh, we love it. When I look at a bird like that. When I look at a bird, Daddy, do you see the bird? <laughs> I'll buy that bird and gold it. That's what he calls bronzing it. I'm going to gold that bird. <laughs> Bronze isn't good enough for you, Daddy. Daddy, do you want the, the veal? If you want, we can have the kitchen gold it for you. <laughs> oh, my God. Instead of getting <laughs> Trump is so fucking fancy that when he gets uh, leftovers, he has them bronzed. <laughs> That's, there's something there. Uh, I, that also reminds me that you were like, the other night we were on the couch and you just went, say one nice thing about Trump, quick. <laughs> and I... Oh, yeah. And the only thing I could think of after a long time was... That's a he, fun game, by the way. Yeah, take anybody try that's, to take that's anybody. troubling and go, say something nice about... Um, the only thing I could think of after a while was he was once a child. That's which, so beautiful. Which, and that's kind of daddy, do you hear That's me? what I mean. That's what made me think of it. Trump, I've said it a million, has to me drunk dad energy and anybody that's like likes him i think is relating to that like i've said it a million but it's just like he can say anything whose dad my dad was that dad oh my dad could come in with mustard ketchup and a big piece of hot dog bun on his face someone would say did you eat a hot dog before this meal and he'd be like no (laughs) and 10 minutes later everyone would be laughing and fully believing that he didn't have a hot dog and i'm sitting there going like i watched him eat that wiener (laughs) And I'd just be like, that's a larger than life. So that like arrogance and the lying and the getting away with everything, not paying taxes. He's just got that like, I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying that's all bad. And the similarities to my dad have ended. Yeah. But that is um, one of the ways that I try and get in touch with that. And, Here's what, oh, I'm oh, sorry. Please I, go ahead. No. Well, I, uh, uh, this I, stuff is, <laughs> what? I wasn't, I was just going to. Get this bird an agent. <laughs> He's a new guest on We Made It With. <laughs> This bird's Twitter is going to blow up. And by Twitter, I mean just him on a branch. Tweet, tweet, tweeting away. And then I died. He just died. I was going to say that. I was going to tweet, if I die, please delete all my weak tweets so the funniest one is at the top. Oh, my God. That's so funny. That's but do, so funny. Do we need darkness right now? Speaking of, do we need enter at your own peril gravestones at the entrance of our grocery store. <laughs> I know it's Halloween, but like 
everyone's feeling like weird about entering a grocery store or any store and it's like beware the souls of thee that enter shall be gobbled by a ghoul I'm like you mean COVID oh my god yes we're living in Halloween yes. why, why but maybe that'll make people feel like what is Halloween supposed to be for it maybe is supposed to be for people who want solidarity about acknowledging darkness oh, I don't abso- oh I think it's beautiful even though I don't participate i've successfully dodged dressing up for halloween for the past 30 years and like have made me do it for the past eight years (laughs) not made no no it's sort of true i'm a crumb when it comes to that because i as i've said a million i don't do karaoke and i don't dress up for halloween because i get enough attention in my daily life Mm -hmm. um and those things are sort of like bush league to me not no judgment if you dress up if you're if i walk into any weirdo and they're dressed as a tube of toothpaste i'm going to celebrate it and love it but you know what this is your time you don't also need showboat pete holmes going like do you get it i'm a tampon or whatever it is some crude thing from friends uh i resent that i love there was always a tampon it it was like the one kind of dirty joke it's so funny because when i was uh 13 i was a q-tip with my friend rachel we were always like matching uh halloween costumes and i was a tube two no what did i just say a (laughs) q-tip and um after like years we were like looking back on the the um photos and we're like all we needed was a string (laughs) and we were tampons (laughs) oh my god hilarious it just was an accidental tampon (laughs) a q-tip is a mouse tampon (laughs) okay It's got a little ass to ass. It's like a double. Yeah, no, I don't like it. Yeah, let's 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 edit that out. And to quote Todd Glass, and then edit it back in. Oh my god, I love Todd. <laughs> Just so we don't run out of time, you, I'd love for you to talk about Muji. Here's the email I sent you, mm-hmm. and you remember why mm-hmm. you were looking this up? Because you just put my needle right on the record with this one. Yeah, so the reason why I'm like so hot off the presses with the pain body stuff is because I like I did more deep diving trauma work this week and then felt like I was healing and recovering and then you know, I was just in a time of contraction and then yesterday really woke up feeling the juicy and delicious expansion that comes after you've really uh, allowed for the, the the time of contraction. I just want to jump in. That's why it was good to. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention the the falling through a bottomless pit thing. Mm-hmm. I know some people listening may feel that way right now. Yeah. What you've been guiding me through because I was feeling blue mm-hmm. in my body. It wasn't circumstantial as, as I could tell. And we were just like, we see it. It's in sleep. We were awake and we sleep. It's balanced. It's in our breath. We breathe in, we breathe out. It's in the ocean. High tide, low tide. You know, it's, it's in <laughs> birds. Bring, high tide. High tide. <laughs> it's in birds. What's birds? Oh, just bringing their wings in to stay warm and then expanding them That's out. That's right. To- but we, no matter how many times I know this and wake up to it, yeah. I just go like, but I want to be awake all the time. If you're awake all the time, you'll die. Yeah. You will die. You need to sleep. And Richie... My homeboy, Richie Rohr, would say, knowing needs to be balanced with unknowing. So even if you have a great altar call and a really great knife pitch, it needs to be balanced with 
Mm-hmm. And also, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. This is the best I can do in this moment yeah. to explain what I intuit to be real in the universe. Right. Yet, Pete goes, I need to be up all the time. Yeah. I'm low. And, and you brought me back into that place of just like, be the universe being low. Mm-hmm. Is there something delicious about going like, Jesus, I'm just falling through a pit. Yeah. Can you get into that sort of Tim Burton-y, Halloween-y place of just like, yes, yeah. and let that expand? Because we know the mania that we're listening to right now. <laughs> and some of you are putting it on half speed because it's a little fast. <laughs> the clip is a little fast. <laughs> some of you are putting on it on 2X because let's get back to Val. Uh <laughs> You just really helped me see that. We we want forwards, but we don't want behind us. Get the fuck out of here. That's how the world is. Yes. That's and how this is. You are in this. You yeah. are in black and white. You're yeah. in both. Right. And the sooner you can let go and, and, and flow in the river and go, the peatness is depressed today. Yeah. And that's okay because you kept saying you're in contraction right now. Yeah. And then maybe a day, two, three later... I'm in wild expansion. Suddenly I'm a, a Teletubby hillside covered in wildflower blossoms. Yeah. And I'm like, it should be that way all the time. Yeah. What are you, the Walmart executives that want sales every year? You know, like, get out of here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and I think I, I've quoted this before on the podcast, but Eki Toll says, um, you know, it's a dance between gro- the voice. <laughs> growth and dissolution. Anything that grows without dissolution becomes monstrous. <laughs> it's like it. I just want to expand and expand and expand, and, expand and like That's it's right. just it's it's not anything that just inhales constantly will pop. Yeah, anything that stays up, it's it's a clue. And drunkenness. Let's just be drunk all the time. You will be balanced with a hangover. It's a clue. Yeah, uh, you, you can do the strongest drunks available. It'll start to take two where it used to take one. It's not sustainable. That's right. And that's a clue. The, the Speaking of clues, feeling depressed or low is is just the invitation to contract and go inward. It doesn't have to end there. Contraction isn't bad. This is and this the first time I learned this concept, even though it wasn't these terms, was learning about my menstrual cycle, our women's menstrual cycles, where you have two weeks per phase, basically. So you have the estrogen phase where you are in expansion and you're ovulating and you are like ready to party and your cheeks are flush and you are are social and higher. Yeah. And you are just like, you are feeling alive and alert and awake. And then you have your progesterone phase where you are being called to be alone and to be left the fuck alone (laughs) and to be, um, to, to go inward and your intuition is really high and you are meant to be exploring your inner world so that you can then go out and explore your outer world. And Arielle Schwartz is a great, um, doctor. I mean, she's, it's Dr. Arielle Schwartz and she's a great psychologist who also is into mindfulness and yoga and, and I'm reading her her book, Post Traumatic Guidebook. Um, but she she was talking about ext- expansion and contraction, and she phrased it in a way I had never heard, where she said, "You need to contract so that you can get you can connect with the core of who you truly are, 
so that when you are in expansion, you don't give it all away. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? Right. So contraction isn't bad. Contraction, just like you did with, with having your feelings hurt or being frustrated with me, you just used it as a clue to go inward and learn more about yourself, support right. yourself, love yourself. That's right. That's what contraction is. It's a good thing. It's yeah. a beautiful thing. I've been listening, as I said to Maddie, um, Matt Berninger, his um, Serpentine Prison, which I believe is out now. So there's a song called My Eyes Are T-Shirts, which I love it. It's one of my favorites. He goes, yeah. my eyes are T-shirts. They're so easy to read. Um, some, some, some. And he goes, they always say I want you to take me home. They always say I want you to leave me alone. Oh. And I was just like that. Having The power of having that in one line, one stanza, I guess, of a verse together. Yeah. That's the power. Yeah. Is like I that's why I love the national, that's why I love Matt is like it captures like the same guy that wants you to take me home mm-hmm. will later maybe feel like the guy that wants you to leave me alone. Yeah. And that's you can't experience the unique sensation of wanting someone to take you home yeah. unless you know the feeling of wanting to be left alone. Yeah. Otherwise, how would you identify the feeling of I want you to take me home. Yeah. Unless you kind of right. unless there was the possibility of the opposite. That's right. We're Othello pieces. That's black, right. white, black, white, black, white. And when I was low, bottomless pit, that wasn't bad. It, and you you said it just now. It's a clue. Go inside. Maybe don't record a podcast right now. I sort of cleared I'm very lucky that I get to sort of clear the calendar a little bit. Mm-hmm. If I do have a call, I'm always regretful that I wasn't is that her? I feel like she'll come out. Yeah. Welcome to, <laughs> do you hear that? The, the, like the sudden and intense listening. <laughs> I made my point. Um, you, your, I want to do the Muji thing. Muji I'm sorry. That was like a, a tangent. But the reason why I was looking at it was because I was in this moment of contraction. Then I kind of entered a moment well, of I'm expansion. I'm so glad you mentioned it. Um, thank you. And, um, and thank you for writing this down too. Uh, so I was like, I came into expansion being like, I want to, I want some of my spiritual teachers to acknowledge this body that we are in and the wisdom that the body holds. Um, and I'm like, so I'm typing in keywords of like Ryan style <laughs> job question mark AOL. <laughs> are you still there? Um, <laughs> um, so I I typed in Muji and like trauma or something like that, and I got this video. You can type in Muji in any word, and you can. He has so much content, and he's so brilliant. Yeah, I love if you him have so much. five free minutes, just find a fiver. So basically, he was M O O J I. In this video, the the guy, this guy brought this question to him, which he he goes into more depth. But the question kind of was like, "I'm afraid that all of this will um, make me accept the unacceptable," and he goes into answering that way more. But it to me that was like a good way of wording, like, "How do we reconcile?" This like spirit and kind pure consciousness and awareness with the pain and burdens of the body and and all of that, um, and Muji addresses that. But then he says to the guy, he goes, "What is true right now? What can you know for a fact is true right now?" And the guy sits with it with, for a while, and then he says, "I exist," and he goes, "Who who exists?" 
And he doesn't he say, I really want you to think about that. Yeah, he goes, I have all the time in the world for you. If it was my dad, it'd go, Jay Holmes, baby. <laughs> no Eating a hot dog. <laughs> and no, I didn't have a hot dog before this sex song. <laughs> can you hear me, Dad? <laughs> yes, everyone can hear you. You're so loud. Never been a problem. <laughs> Um, so he says, who, who exists? And he said, after thinking about it for a while, he said, awareness. And then he just says, everything else comes and goes. Mm. So your thoughts come and go. Your emotions come and go. The, your pain body's reactions come and go. This is, this is Leela's hand on the laptop. What were you writing a business email about a week ago? You won't remember. Yeah. You don't remember. Yeah. You can't remember, which is why I love that quote. It's a little Hallmark special, but it's like people don't remember what you do. They remember how you made them feel. Yeah. And I would take I that. that's a Maya Angelou quote. Is it? Mm-hmm. Then I completely take it back that it's Hallmark, <laughs> although I mean, well, she fits in anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's so brilliant. Mm-hmm. And we don't even remember what we do. Yeah. We remember how we felt. How did we cultivate our own inner garden? Yeah. Was it weedy and scary? Yeah. Was it clean? Did I have a patch that I went, that's my depression? Isn't it lovely? Look, there it is. Yes. It's okay. And we give it sunlight and water just like everything. It's just like the planet the rain falls on the just and the unjust, as the old JC would say. Yeah. Meaning goodness is given to everything. Yes. Life is given the, the thorns and the thistles and the flies and the gnats and the nasties, scorpions are all sustained yeah. because they have a place. And so does your, your smallness and your weakness or your ugliness or your sadness or whatever it might be that you're trying to get rid of. Can we give it a little... One of those little uh, plastic things you stick in the soil and you go, you label it. Uh, this is my despondency. Yes. And <laughs> and give it like, <laughs> I mean, I think giving it space is so perfect because after you can access like, oh, this is my pain body. Oh, this isn't me. This, the, the last part of this, which I think ties into everything, is Muji said. Do you need it over? No. He said your um, – in those moments, you tell yourself this story, and it's so true in that moment. And then the story goes, and it's no longer true. What? It goes can back you into get in, nothing. Yeah. yeah. So can you get in touch with the part of you that is always there, always true? Mm. So I, that to tie it back to the pain body thing, which I think I've said that phrase like 10 times this podcast, but it's so interesting to interweave all of these teachings. He, uh, I watched Eckhart Tolle talk about trauma, answer a question about trauma specifically. And he said, for people who've experienced big traumatic events, although this is not necessarily the case for everyone, but there is a chance that you may never in this lifetime be completely free from the remnants of that trauma, mm. meaning the pain body may always exist. But it's very roundhouse, by the way. Really? He's like, I haven't gotten rid of any of my neuroses. He just goes, now I just have them come in and have tea. That's beautiful. Isn't I that love good? it so much. And that's what—that's the whole game about the pain body is that this, as soon as you recognize and get familiar and get to know your pain body, 
It no longer has hold of you. So it doesn't matter if it's there or not because you are not that story. You're identified with the thing. You're identified with the whiteboard, not the squeaky kind of translucent black and blue marks that are doing a math equation and you're goodwill hunting. And Hey, that's people's work. Fuck you. Oh, that's clever. What's your name? I could do the whole movie. I know you could. It's very cute. I like it. A lot of Maddie D references. Yeah. You know what I wanted? Were you done, Mother? Uh-huh. So yeah. good. Yeah. So good. And, and you know, evidenced by the fact that we've, talked about these things, you and I, we've talked about these things on the podcast, why I never feel bad about repeating ourselves on this show or, or on the Wednesdays, it doesn't matter, is because it's, con- talk about contraction and expansion, it, I forget. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. It's in my book. Can you <laughs> identify with the part that's just watching that doesn't change? Yeah. Where the, 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 can you be the void? It's so cold to call it the void. Can you be the space wherein the thoughts are popping up mm-hmm. and going sucking back down into zero. Yeah. And I know this. And yet I it's one of the great things about having a partner that's also on the pathless path. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 well, I was going to say I wanted to end on something not end, but just in case Lila wakes up soon. Mhm. On the subject of things that are weird about the quarantine. So you and I even though we spend Tons and tons and tons of time together, even when we're not in quarantine. I really felt like it was evidenced that we're spending even more time, and I'm sort of losing my mind a little bit. <laughs> is that we were watching Transparent? I've never watched all of Transparent, <laughs> and this is this is what's weird about me. We're <laughs> this is one of our biggest laughs. We're recently. watching. There was there's a guy on the show that's transamorous, mm-hmm. meaning he's attracted. He uh, he is a cis person, but he's attracted to trans women. Yeah, and it wasn't in this episode. We're just watching a scene with this guy, <laughs> and to myself, and for no one's benefit, this is just the misfiring. This is what I consider my own aspiness. I don't know if I'm actually aspie, but I think I am. Uh, so that counts. <laughs> Is I just go, we're just both, I'm probably eating blueberries and you're eating uh, ice cream. And I just go, transamorous. Just say it. Yeah. Just say what you see, Pete. And then later, there's a, a two, three people that are in a couple together and I just go, thruple. And for nothing. And then you said it again. I said thruple. Then again. like, I don't even think they were on the scene and you just went, that's, but it was so quiet and like just kind of to yourself. That's the reason I'm bringing it up. First, it made me laugh so hard. And then you laughed so hard. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it doesn't matter how much I polish myself. Deep down, I'm still a weird, wet handed boy <laughs> that just goes thruple. <laughs> <laughs> For nobody. That's so cute. I like I like your clammy hands. Do you find them clammy? No, but you just they used said to be very. Yeah, I know, I know, but they used to be. That used to be like my calling. That card. was my thing too. I was so be, and I, and I think this is still true. Like I remember, I had a f- girlfriend who was. I mean, I think this was when I was like ten. So I really had just started comparing all of my, comparing myself to all of my friends. And I had a friend who I just wanted to be so much like, and she was completely the opposite of me in like body type and personality and everything. So she was what like, time, "What grade? Uh, f- fifth grade." This is what fifth grade is. Yeah, 
And she really, Emily writes about this. Uh, she has a great art, um, essay about like her relationship with her body. Um, I think that's what, where this is, but I have this exact moment. And I think a lot of girls have where like you're sitting on a bench with your friend and you compare the width of your thighs. Hate it. Oh, so this was my friend that I would do that with. And she always had cold hands. And so I thought that it was like girly and sexy and whatever I was trying to be to have cold hands. And I Maybe always she's born had- with them. Maybe it's Maybelline Icebox. <laughs> you hold the Maybelline cube for 20 minutes before every interaction. And I remember, because I had a little boyfriend named Alan at this time. Who's the, who the fuck is this? <laughs> Alan Rennick. Uh, oh, <laughs> no. And we were like, it was. It, we were in the days of like, are we ever going to hold hands? Like, what are we going to do? And I was so nervous about holding hands. And I was like, if I can just get myself to a freezer and hold some ice before I hold Alan's hand. Oh, my God. I was so, and I used to like, before church, because you would hold hands for prayer, even though, of course, it wouldn't last, I would like hold an ice cube and then put baby powder on my hands. Yeah. I mean. Oh, poor little Valerie. I know. And to relate, I was constantly wiping my hands on my pants until, and this is what storytellers do. All of us are storytellers. Everybody listening, we build our stories. Eventually, I was like, it means I, I tied it to my... Like, I was a hormonal guy. Like, I had a lot of hormones. Meaning, mm-hmm. I somehow tied it in my own mind to virility. Ah. Like, I was like, yeah, I have an abundance of inner <sighs> chemistry. So much so that my hands are sweaty. But this is the most Christian college thing I can tell you. Is I had a friend in college who had a boyfriend. And I was very respectful of that. But we were, like, in love with each other. Mm. And we eventually... I never... We never did anything. And eventually she broke up with the guy. We still didn't do anything. But we did start holding hands. Yeah. And I have a very vivid memory of seeing some movie, probably... It wasn't Shakespeare in Love, but it was around that time. And a group of us went. And she would hold my hand for a while, and then she would dry it off. (laughs) She'd wipe it on her jeans. It wasn't mean, but it was like... uh, But still, that hurts a little. At that point, I was just like, yeah, but who's laughing when we need to put out all these candles? <laughs> <laughs> you know how most people lick their <laughs> fingers? I didn't have to do that. <laughs> and then it did calm down. Yeah, I think that there is, there might be something even to your hormone theory. <laughs> yeah, because I am not viral anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just a cold-handed, frigid man. <laughs> I also was like, it was my calling card. It was literally a business card. If I gave it to you and it was damp, you knew it was from me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. These are riffs. These yeah. are comedy riffs. Being a kid is so hard. Just like these arbitrary things that you... That, it's the same thing. That you We're still doing the same thing. Yeah, that's true. We are still doing the same thing. This is from... Oh, I'm sorry. I don't have your name. Uh, because I took a screen grab of it. It just says Kate. So Kate says... Uh, have a great date. We we can't. Um, yeah, thanks is, a lot, Kate, thanks for lot, bringing Kate. it up. <laughs> so, uh, next question. Okay, she says I've read Richard Rohr and Byron Katie. Uh, what are your top spiritual books? We've sort of mentioned it. A New Earth. Mm-hmm. A power. The Power of Now on mm-hmm. on audio. Yeah. Um, um, these are excellent. Resist Nothing is also Eckhart Tolle and Kimming, which is um, their whole like. I think I, I've definitely mentioned it before on here, but. It, Eckhart gives like a 30-minute explanation of the pain body, and then there are three meditations. 
Kimming. That Kimming does. Yep. Who's his partner? Yep. Um, here's one. Uh, I guess Is I always other? say if you have a, a Christian bent, love wins. Oh yeah, is essential. Sure. And then um, and Muji, uh, Muji doesn't have. Or I think he, he does has, have. He books. has a book, but it's so much better to hear him talk. Yeah, just his YouTube stuff is really think. great. Oh, and then Stephen Mitchell. Anything by Stephen Mitchell uh, is excellent because Stephen is a storyteller who will tell you the story of the Book of Job or tell you the story of the Epic of Gilgamesh, but is from someone with thousands of hours yeah. of Zen meditation, and he lives with Byron Katie. Yeah, he's a very I'm just saying this for me. I don't know if he claims this, but he, he's a very enlightened guy. So when he tells you a very enlightened... His new book, uh, Joseph and the Way of Forgiveness, the, this is what we're talking about. Forgiving reality, meaning finding a way to flow with the black and the white, yeah. the dark and the light, I yeah. mean, of reality. He could be telling you... He could read from the phone book and it'd get you something out of it. Yeah. Also, Anne Lamott, um, who is... I don't think she would at all call herself a spiritual teacher, but her books are so beautiful. And, um, you know, she kind of comes from the Christian tradition, but she's really like down with the oneness, I would say. And, um, and it's like what it's like listening to, or sorry, uh, reading a spiritual Nora Ephron, like her, her essays are so funny, but they are also so hopeful. And I always, I mean, there, it's like on every page there is, like one sentence that will just make you like clutch your heart and be like, Oh yeah. Life is really actually beautiful. (laughs) I always forget. I got it. We got to get her on the show. Also round us, which I always say grist for the mill. Yeah. Is the first, it's not be here now. Uh, although I do love that grist for the mill is the one that I tell people to start with. Yeah. Um, I have a two week old and I think of you, you're going to want to shake that baby bit to help me laugh when I'm struggling with the lack of sleep and late night feedings. Do you two have anything that helped you stay present and calm during the challenging moments? Oh my gosh. From Laura Brown. Two week? Did she say two week old? Two week old. old. I can't believe she uh, found it in herself to write this message. Yes. Laura Brown. Oh my gosh. I really, you are so right in it. And and for me, like, people used to say that. I remember on, like, the fifth night of having Leela or the fifth day, you – I pumped so we had a bottle and you were like, we, we have bottles. Just go in the bedroom and sleep for as long as you want. And I hadn't slept since – I hadn't slept basically for a week because I didn't sleep for three days while I was in labor. And then, like, then you have a baby. Right, <laughs> so, right. Isn't um, it funny that I'm like, hey, neither of us slept. And then you had to hike up a mountain, <laughs> but worse. Way worse. Yeah. And then, like, You had to have a mountain come out of an orifice. <laughs> it's only, you know, I was going to make a small dick joke. You understand where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. It's usually equipped for my small dick. Uh, but yeah, um, so the camping thing, Rich Blomquist and Kristen Shaw were like, think of it as camping. Think of it as camping, uh, which definitely did help. And all, and but what I was going to say is, I just have this memory of Marco Poloing, my friend who had was like eighteen months postpartum ahead of me, 
because you gave me the permission to sleep, like we allowed time. So I had all the time. All I had to do was sleep. And because I was so sleep deprived, I was so wired that like every time I would start to fall asleep, it's like I would start to fall asleep way too quickly. And then I would like jolt awake. Yeah. So then I was like, because it is whoever named it falling asleep. (laughs) Yeah. There's a falling. And also you're on a ledge and then you go, it's nice, but there's a whoop feeling. Oh, totally. And that first sleep is like feels so biologically wrong in your body when you just had a baby because you're because you are like, um, I'm sorry, if I fall asleep, my baby will get eaten by tigers. (laughs) Like I cannot fall asleep. Uh, So that was my lowest point postpartum, I think, where. I just I remember like sending a Marco Polo to my friend Kate and being like, "What are you doing? You can't even sleep. Like, you, what do I do? Do I get on? Like, should I just like call a psychiatrist and try to get Ambien or or Lorzepran or like? I just I was totally melting down and I remember her being like, "Girl, you are five days postpartum. Like, give just give yourself a break. This is." This is hard, and it only gets easier with every day. So that's the first thing I would say. It gets easier with every day. Um, These will be stories that you will look back on and treasure and laugh about and even kind of miss. So like, just kind of like anything, the hardest times in your life become the juiciest and the sweetest uh, often. So just like trying to keep an awareness on that. Um, That's what for me writing the joke was. I remember the envelope. There's an envelope on our dining room table that I wrote, you're going to want to shake that baby. Yeah. And that was what, what she's experiencing is what I hoped people would experience. I got some flack for that joke because people were like, there's nothing funny about shaking a baby. And I was like, If there is something in my mission statement, it's like having a dark thought isn't the same. And everybody has dark thoughts. Everybody has thoughts of, that's why I'm always, oh, I had a dream that I was fist fighting my dad. What does that mean? It means that part of the human psychology, uh, human experience is dealing with your shadow. That's right. And I knew, so when I recorded that joke, it made sense to me Mm -hmm. because Leela was like, I don't know, how many weeks old? Uh, probably, uh, she could have been like three weeks, absurd. four weeks, five absurd weeks. Absurd yeah. that I was taping that special. Oh, when you were taping it. Older? Maybe. It's all a blur. The point is, it was already starting to not make sense anymore. That's But right. I wanted to do it. And now if I hear it, because I have a two-year-old, I'm like, hey, there's something funny about Shaking Baby. But- Meaning, I've now joined the rest of the rational parents that it's are like, that's a, a little dark. That's right. But I wanted to do it for the people that are watching it going, oh, thank you. That's why they have to say it. Yes. If they didn't say it, well, of course of course, you're going to want to. That's why they have to tell you not to. Yes. Because you're just so sleepy. Which brings me to my advice. The best advice for you that I loved, I, I can't speak to it. Obviously, I didn't give birth to Lee. But was let the monkey do it. Let the monkey so they were like do it, yeah. always trying to like be like, it's like it's like like that's what birth is like. So let your primal side get in the seat yes. and do the pushing and all yes. that, and then let the cave person do this. Yeah, just be in a cave. Let go of all of reality. Yeah, let go of all expectations of 
friendships and meal times and all this stuff and sleep. Just yeah. be a cave person yeah. and try, like we've been saying, try to novelize and have a third person view of how absurd it is. Yeah. And know you're not alone, which is also the point of the joke. Right. And know that it doesn't last forever. It doesn't even last very long. No. Um, but I barely remember it. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Well, because we, you are also so sleep deprived that you it goes by quick. Um, some practical tips, though. Um, PTs? PTs. We found the five S's of Harvey Karp very, oh, yeah. very helpful. Go. So that's, uh, I, I'm going to see if I can remember all of them. Swaddle, swing, which is like a kind of like a. Well, that rock. was the joke. It's like, what's the difference between a, a swing, swing and, and a, a shake? shake? Especially when you're swinging and you're frustrated. Um, swaddle, swing, suck, shush. shush. I feel like one of the S's should be soothe, but those are the things that you... So there is like a... If you just look up five YouTube S's it. on YouTube, you'll see it's, it's kind of like very... a newborn baby that makes them stop crying. It's insane. Yeah. And it, it is works. like the videos are kind of like early 90s and you are a little bit like this is so strange that this like mustachioed man is like shh right in the ear of a yeah, baby. Yeah, that's the weird thing is you get right up to their ear and go shh. And you kind of like you're you're not micro shake. You're micro shaking, yeah. Anyway, we found that very helpful, and it would work. Uh, and it would help. Oh, and also, get a yoga ball. Get a yoga. So we lived on the yoga ball, and then you don't have to buy a, a snoo. Is what's uh, Harvey Karp designed the snoo to be the five S's, but you don't even need that. The swaddle that comes with the snoo is great. Is fantastic. It's the easiest swaddle to put a, a baby in. Or just look, maybe there are other ones you could get, like a Velcro swaddle. Yeah, if you get a Velcro, a but Velcro but this swaddle. one is so nice because it's like a bag and a zip and it's mesh, so they don't get too yeah, hot. But they'd have to buy the snoo. To no, you don't. Oh, you, you can don't. just go on oh, the just buy the, the snoo website and just get the swaddle. There you go. And then, because the snoo is pricey, it's, yeah. It's oh, great, yeah. But it's you don't pricey. have to get the snoo. Uh, so we lived off of like we were on the yoga ball, holding Leela, who was in the snoo swaddle, <laughs> and any time she was crying, we were we were doing that, just bouncing. That's what worked for us. Every baby is different, and every baby is going to like cry different amounts. Um, even babies have pain bodies, which is an interesting fact. And some babies just inexplicably have denser pain bodies. It doesn't mean that they're going to be like horrible children. They just are working out that energy. Also like birth trauma is a thing. So they have to like work out that energy. So that's what I would say is I was really surprised by Leela's crying. Like, I don't know if she was colicky, but I kept being like, oh my God, this means she's going to be a tough baby and all this stuff. And that is so not the case. Um, so just try not to make stories about if your baby is crying and it's tough. If the best that you can, just try and like be in your body, notice the reaction, the intense reaction that your body has to hearing your baby cry. And like you can thank that reaction, be like, wow, we were made to be together. We are very connected. Yeah, it's, and it's compassion in your biology. That's right. And, um, and, and yeah, the five S's, yoga ball, those are the practical tips I have. But and just, don't have a future. That's the key to everything. That's yeah. still the key. Yeah. If Lee's going down and it's taking forever, we've said this a million, but it, Byron Katie says, if you want a problem, get a future. So you'll notice like, it could be 3 a.m. and you're on a yoga ball with your newborn mm -hmm. and it's and it's that's a rough story. Mm -hmm. But really what's wrong 
Yeah. Really, what's wrong right now? Right. You're going, well, she needs to go to sleep so I can get this much sleep. It's like, but what's wrong right now? And Mm -hmm. this might be wrong. I can't confirm it. But when I would calm myself down, Mm -hmm. she would parasympathetically sort of merge with me. Yes. And that could have been a Leela thing. I'm not sure. But like, if I, I was like, if I can slow my heartbeat and demonstrate to her that everything's okay, including it's okay to cry. Mm -hmm. So we're going to drop the intention, stop crying and start the intention. It's safe to cry. Yeah. It's okay to cry. Yes. I understand that you want to cry, that you just showed up in another dimension. Yes. And you're in a body and there's this weird giant holding you <laughs> yeah. who sort of smells like a blend of you and your mother. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to cry. Yeah. And it's one of those things don't don't look at what you want. You want her to stop crying. Let's be real. You want her to stop crying, you want her to go to bed. If you don't look at it, you have a much better chance of getting that. Yeah. Just just focus on slowing your breathing, deep breaths and getting yourself centered. Yeah. And then you, if you want to get real hippie about it, there's a page of be here now that's on our fridge, mm-hmm. which is about a crying child. And what they did was they sat in a circle around her and they just calmed down and the baby calmed down. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it doesn't get any more 1960s than that. But. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I love that question. Thank you. And, um, Austin Scott, Valerie wants to know what your favorite comedy special is. We'll uh, say, obviously not one of mine. Oh, I, I wonder if he was asking specifically of yours. Well, I'm curious, <laughs> but then what's your favorite that's not mine? Um, okay, well, my favorite of yours is is Faces and Sounds. I mean, it's just so good. That's my favorite, too. You know what the favorite, I think, with most people is? Mm-hmm. Nice Try the Devil. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because that's the silliest one. Yeah, you know, I haven't listened to that one in so long. That it's really silly. I, I might, that might be my favorite. Um, and then my favorite... Outside of you, my first thought, so I'll just do first choice, best choice, is um, Kid Gorgeous. Kid Gorgeous? Isn't that oh, what Mulaney. it's called? Yeah, New Kid. No, no. What is it? Is it Kid Gorgeous? I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His most recent special. Murder! Is, it's just so funny. I laugh. I laugh. Like, it's the kind of jokes that now I, like, look forward to hearing because yeah. I know them. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that's maybe my current favorite, but it definitely, it definitely changes. I just, that's the most recent one that I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. That's a fun and generous question. We both like Seinfeld's new one. And then that turned out to be a hot take because I tweeted that I really liked it. And uh, everybody was like, what? What do you mean? People hated it. Really? Apparently some, I mean, if you go by the people that responded to me on Twitter, the consensus was that it was like everything that I liked about it was what people didn't like about it. Like was that he was flopping around and I was like, he's figured out how to use his body. Yeah. How beautiful that we can continue to grow as performers because we're watching Seinfeld from time to time at night. Yeah. And he has a lot of great bits that could have been made 30% better if he had more of an act out. Yeah. And he figured that out. Uh-huh. And then – they also thought it was very privileged and sort of like his attitude was like, what am I even doing here? And I was like, I love that. Yeah. Oh, oh hi, hi, baby. Hi, baby girl. Hi. Oh, okay. Well, keep it crispy. <laughs> um, we are going to have to end with no, this. She does- hi, baby girl. Did you wake up? Did you wake up? 
Oh, are you still sleepy? Hi, Papa. Who's that? Mama? Hi, Mama. Hi. You want to maybe watch Daniel Tiger? Yeah, let's wake up slow. You don't have to, um, you don't have to perform. Can you say keep it crispy, though? Because that would be like, no, she won't. She won't do it. Leela, um, what, what is the... And no one knows. How far? She's pushing me with her head. She does not want to sing Moana right now. Yeah. Okay, guys. I'm glad this was the perfect amount of time. Yeah, we good were job, wrapping Lee. Up anyway. That's right. Hi, Bubba. Nice nap. I wish you guys could see her. She's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> she wakes up really grumpy, and she's started like walking out of the room now. She used to cry, and we'd have to come and get her. And now the like little door opens, and her little grumpy, messy-haired face comes out. It's so cute. Can you say? Can you say, Mama? No. She's so tired. She does not want to perform, and I respect that. Yeah. Okay, guys, we're so glad we got to do this during the nap time. It worked out. I love yeah. doing it like this. Yeah, me I think too. we should do it like this again. Okay. Let's listen to the outside for, for the last moment. This okay. is this is we'll all be mindful together of the sound of Leela breathing and nature, and then we'll do keep it crispy. Okay. <laughs> you want your booby? You hear the birds? Do you hear the birdies, baby? Yeah. What do they say? What's the bird say? What's the bird say? Did you watch the debate? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Keep it crispy. Keep it crispy.